this morning. As I said earlier, we have Darren Klepper here. Uh, we're very excited to have him. Would you please welcome him as he comes? Well, good morning. It is good to be with you again. I was here on Father's Day, and now it's, now it's nine days until Christmas. How can that be? It's nine days until Christmas. That is so crazy. I love Christmas. I completely love Christmas. You guys like Christmas? It's a wonderful time. Uh, I love Christmas music. My wife really doesn't like Christmas music that much. I don't get people who don't, really don't like, they don't really like, well, they like it just at Christmas time right? Not just, not, not before. So she looks at me funny when November 1st comes around and I want to turn on Christmas music, you know? It's just, it's, I love it. Um, so Christmas is here nine days away. I hope you are ready. And also I heard, as Mike said, I heard that you hired Rick Swartz for your uh, senior pastor. See, I knew Rick from Taylor University. He, see, I'm, I'm kind of older. I'm older than Rick, uh, but I went to school later in life. I went into the workforce for a while for 15 years, and then God called me into ministry. And so I was there around the same time that he was at Taylor. And I'll tell you one thing I know about Rick. Very, very smart. That's all I know, but really smart. And you know what? His parents are the most wonderful people ever to know, right? Great family. Uh, so I just pray blessings over you. This is going to be a great journey for you. I'm so happy for you. And yes, you made a good choice for sure. Why don't we pray this morning as we begin? Dearly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you for all of these believers this morning that we are gathered here together. And I pray that you would take us by the hand and lead us into your truth. God, I am only a messenger. You are the teacher. I recognize that. God, would you help us to understand your truth? Make it real to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, so I received the email from Mike Wilson on September 12th about coming to speak. And I said, great, sure, that's, that's wonderful. And I said, do you have a topic? And he said, what about peace? And I thought, how appropriate. This is Christmas season, Advent. It's a wonderful time to think about peace. And so on October 25th, a little bit later, I was at the hospital getting some, uh, some blood drawn for a cholesterol check. I mean, I'm, I'm fine, so, you know, thanks for asking. But um, so I, I was there in the, in the, in the room there and, and just waiting to be called back. And, and right there on the uh, the table beside me was an Our Daily Bread. And so I picked it up October 25th, and it talked about peace. And it sh talked about the idea that peace was um, only, it only comes through Jesus Christ, right? And I, and I started reading that in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the devotion went on to report that in 1984, there was a journalist who asked Bob Dylan, do you still hope for peace? And his reply was, there is not going to be any peace. Now, I know personally, if I want to know if there, if there is going to be peace in the world, the first person I'm asking is Bob Dylan, right? I mean, 
I don't know exactly why, but you know what? What he said, though, underscores this fact that, uh, this fact that we all know is true as Christians, that without Christ, there's no hope. Without Christ, there is no hope for peace. C.S. Lewis said it well, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. Where God isn't, there is no peace. His presence makes all the difference in the world. And as followers of Christ, do you believe this? As followers of Christ, we should be the most peace-filled people on the planet. Is that true? We should be. But let's define peace before we get started. J.I. Packer, one of the most influential theologians in recent times, said this. Peace is a word with wide meaning that covers, he said, five different things. Five different things. The state of being divinely pardoned and accepted and knowing this acceptance is based on Christ's cross and his solid and lasting fact. Two, accepting and loving oneself as the person God made in his image and loves and has redeemed and is restoring. Three, accepting one's circumstances, whatever they are, as divinely ordered for one's good. Four, facing the unknown future in calm reliance on God's promises. And five, refusing to respond in kind to any violence and hostility shown to one by others. So if we summarize this, what he's saying is peace, the idea of biblical peace. And I think this quartet up here, these four up here said it well. I mean, there was a sermon right there. Thank you so much. If we summarize what J.I. Packer is saying, he said, biblical peace is all about peace in relationships, vertically with God, horizontally with others. So peace in relationships and peace in circumstances, both known and unknown. This idea of the past, the present, and future, that you can have peace in all those different areas. So that's great, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be? I mean, sign me up right now for this, this idea of peace. A life without peace is difficult to navigate and even worse to sustain. We all need peace. We all need peace. So I want to summarize the three main points that I want to make today, and here they are. Peace is our great need. Peace has been provided and peace is possible for me. And I use that word, that pronoun me in there because I want to make this very personal to all of you because it makes very little difference if Christ has come, peace has been granted, it's our great need, it's been granted, but then you yourself fail to find it and to, to discover it. So those are the three main areas that we're going to look at in Luke chapter 2. 14 really says it all. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Actually, all three of these ideas are, are contained in that one, that one area. You know, peace is our great need. Peace is our great need. Life will provide, you know, you, you guys already know this. You don't have to be convinced that peace is our great need today. Life will give you a lot of different areas, a lot of complicated situations where we need peace. You know, I was sitting in my office Thursday, and I heard, did you guys hear this, that Thursday morning, 
a 14-year-old boy in Richmond, Indiana, walked to the middle school there, one of the middle schools in Richmond, Indiana, carrying a weapon, and he had evil intent, and his mother called the police. She knew this was going to happen, or, or she sensed it, I don't know, but she called police, and the police officers intercepted him, and there were shots fired, and this 14-year-old boy ended up shooting himself. This is just in Richmond, Indiana. This is all over the world. This idea that there's such a darkness. There, there's a sense of hopelessness. So many people tell me that young people, and I know this from work, working with uh, young people, you talk about suicide a lot. It's like, what has gone wrong? What is so wrong in our world? There are a lot of different areas that we know that we need peace. Social media, I mean... Social media, all you have to do, everyone's angry, right? Everyone's angry. I don't know what is going on, but everyone is so angry and bitter. Things are not right. And you know what I was thinking about this? Maybe they've always been angry, but it's just because of the fact that we have social media. Now we know it. You know, I don't know. But this idea that people have problems and it seems like there is a lack of peace. And you think about our own lives. We have, our great need is peace for sure. The idea of the political landscape in our, our country today, financial stability, some of the things that we, we worry about, the personal health of family members. Isn't that true? I know the older I get, I'm, I'm going to be 50 next year. I just like, you get more things to worry about, right? When, you're, when you get that, that age, it's just, it's, it's just more and more things. Um, I know when... Uh, when you're younger and you take your kids to school, I mean, it's across the board. People all have uh, worries, right? But uh, when you're young, you take your first child to kindergarten. Oh, what is, that's so stressful, isn't it? They're, they're upset and you're upset. And, you know, it's just a stressful time. I don't know if you guys know that, but we have seven children. So, you know, we, we've gone through that. It's so stressful for the child. You drop them off at kindergarten. And then by the seventh child... You just call an Uber driver. You're just like, this kid is ready to go. He's had breakfast. Come get him. It's, 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 so, and, and then when, when you have teenagers, so teenage drivers, teenage choices, we have all kinds of things to worry about as, as parents. Teenage social media, teenage grocery bill. Teenage relationships, everything teenage creates stress. And you know what? We joke about that. And, but I know we have some great teenagers in our midst, so thank you. But, yeah, it's, it's just, it gets more and more um, worrisome. Life transitions. When your parents get sick, you know, and grandparents pass away. Think about all the characters in our text. Think about all the characters. If peace is our great need... It's, it's so true. When you think about all these different characters in the, in the text, shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. They were, they were worried someone was going to steal their sheep or maybe some bandits or, or a, a wild animal to come by and grab the sheep. So they, were, they had an issue with faith or with peace. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to them, they were terrified. 
And think about the other characters in the text. So, so Joseph and Mary. Now, could you imagine the conversation that Mary had with Joseph when she found out that she was going to have a baby? Joseph didn't have anything to do with it. Could you imagine? I mean, that's, you know, Joseph, I have something to tell you. You're not going to believe. And you know what? He, the text, I mean, if you read some other parts of the text, evidently he didn't believe it because the, he had to have the angel and the, the dream to come and say, hey, Joseph, don't be afraid to take her as your wife because it's okay. This thing's from Jesus, from God, and, you know, his name's going to be Jesus, and he's going to be Savior. But you think about all the stress that they were, they were under. And then Mary, so this idea of, you know, maybe the community's talking, you know. They, they, can, they, they know, they can tell that uh, she's pregnant and, and they weren't married yet and all this stress. And then the, the donkey ride, right, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, about 90 miles. You're nine months pregnant. Ladies, come on, you know. This is stressful. This is stressful. But I love when the text says that the, the glory and, and the multitudes and the singing, I love when the, the angels declared on earth peace to men. You know, when you think about that, peace is our great need because they could have said any, a, a number of things. They could have said on earth love to men. Or they could have said on earth joy to men. On earth, financial security to men. But no, they chose, we learn a lot from what they did not say. They said peace to men. You know, peace, is, it all starts with their, that, doesn't it? Because if we don't have peace with God first, we don't have his presence, nothing's right if that's not right first. This idea of peace to men. Peace has been provided. What a glorious thing. You know how fortunate we are to know the God who has come. Emmanuel, the one who, who became flesh and dwelled among us. Savior, the, the, the name Jesus basically means Savior. So peace has been provided. I love this text in Two I'll start at 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today. I was reading this this morning and didn't have this written in my notes, but I was just struck by that word today. Peace has come and it's now. It's actually 2,000 years ago, right? It's, it's, it's now could you imagine today? So the declaration to the shepherds was, you know what? Christ the Lord has come. Do you know how long they had been waiting for the Messiah to come? I mean, Christ means anointed one. Messiah, yeah, Christ means anointed one in, in Greek. Messiah means anointed one in Hebrew, but Christ and Hebrew are synonymous. So the idea that Christ has come, Messiah has come. Jesus has come, and it makes all the difference in the world. I, so when you're talking about Old Testament fulfillment and prophecy, you think about what 
Isaiah, written 750 years before Jesus, said about the Messiah, because this is the declaration. This is what they were saying. Christ has come. He's here today. In Isaiah 61, it says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And the last verse in that section, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. This is a fulfillment of the, prop, the promise, and it's today. And I love a little bit later, that was in Isaiah 61 and 64, the first verse, said, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. People, he did it. (laughs) He came down. He's done it. It's here. It's now. And what Jesus has done for us, he's made it possible for us to have that vertical relationship with God. And apart from him, there is no relationship with God without the forgiveness of sins. Right? Do you know Jesus this morning? Because if you're struggling with peace, that's where it begins. A relationship with God. Nearness to God is what we, what we need. So he's, he's, he's a sacrifice for our sins. He was Savior, right? Savior. And he's also given us the Holy Spirit as well, right? God in us. You know this idea that God is getting closer to us, dawned on me one morning. So I'm reading, and I'm thinking about this. And, you know, in the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle and the temple and, you know, God's presence here so he can be near us. You know, and then Jesus, he comes in the flesh. Jesus is coming. He's, he's with us. He's near us. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And then Pentecost comes, and the Holy Spirit comes within us. Now God is within us. Someday the glorification will happen, and he will be completely. I don't know what that looks like yet, but that will be wonderful. God is getting closer to us down through time, and he has come. And peace is here. You know, when Jesus said, and I love what they said over here, this idea of the biblical peace is this peace that no matter what happens, no matter what happens. Early in my Christian life, I've been a Christian for almost 30 years, and God's never failed me. Now, I've gone through some things that I didn't like or they were uncomfortable, but God has never, ever failed me. When we're near him, his presence, his peace. Because Jesus said, you know, the, 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 the declaration peace to men when he was born. And then after his resurrection appearances, some of the first things he said to his disciples, peace be unto you. You know, it's just like bookends. Beginning and the end is all about peace. Now we have to go on. Peace is possible for me. Because you know what? I didn't have to really convince you that peace is our great need. 
I didn't really have to convince you. I hope everyone here knows and believes that peace has been provided through Jesus Christ because he has come. But this one is a stretch for you, right? Peace is possible for me. It is true. Peace is possible for us through Jesus Christ. You know, I want to give you some... I want to give you uh, five things. I'm using peace as an acronym, okay? So, so five things to do. I think it was kind of, it's kind of funny because I listened to Rick's sermon last week, and he said something about, you know what? I'm not going to give you five points of things to do every, every, every week, and here I have five points for you. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny, you know. But he would agree. He would agree. You know, we, we have to do something to seek peace. You know, this idea, how do we obtain peace? Well, Psalm 34, 14 says, turn from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. Seek it. Pursue it. You know, we're saved by, by faith. Yes, amen, we are. But we dare not think that uh, it requires no effort on our part to, to find and obtain God's blessings. You know, that's true. I mean, I, I did a study uh, recently. There are at least nine times in the New Testament the Bible tells us, make every effort Make every effort, make every effort. So this idea to seek peace and pursue it. I want to just give you a few uh, words about how we can do that. P first, pinpoint where you lack peace. You know, something that I think as believers sometimes we're not really good at is meditating and thinking, God, where is it that I lack peace? It's this idea of identifying, right? Because we might just be going through life and, yeah, we just don't have peace, but I, just, I don't know why. It's just I don't have this peace. Maybe I haven't stopped to, to think, where do I need peace in my life? You know, maybe we can think, oh, maybe it is about my job and they're about ready to close the doors and I'm, I'm worried about that. But if we think about it more deeply, God might reveal that, you know, it's, it's more about an issue of me not wanting to be a, a failure in life, right? That there's something. We have to pinpoint what it is that, that we, where do we need peace in your life? Where do you need peace in your life? So P, pinpoint. E, examine. Examine the truth in God's word. So once you have pinpointed this place, Think about, just read everything that God has said about this particular topic. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. This is what he does. So we examine God's worth. Let God's Spirit convict us, show us, give us insight. And then A, admit. Admit to a close friend. Somebody who is very, very mature spiritually. Admit it to a close friend. Share it. Wrestle together, pray about it, think about it. What is it that we need to do? You know, the church is supposed to be, we're supposed to do this together. Together. And then see, create a plan together. What do I need to do? You know, if there's a reason maybe that you don't have peace is, and God reveals this to you, you know, I just need to forgive somebody, and I know it. I need to have this conversation. And God help me. 
you know, this, this idea that we can help one another. And then E, execute the plan. You know, I really struggled with that last. You know, I'm trying to build an acronym here. <laughs> and the E, just execute can have so many other different meanings, you know. And I just didn't know about this. But, hey, I needed a word that said something about go do it, you know. So execute the plan. You know, that, that, could, be, that could be used. But this idea to execute the plan. So do whatever God has laid on our hearts to do. And, you know, this idea, I think there's a summary right there. Uh, peace, pinpoint, examine, admit, create, execute the plan. You know, this is all just biblical things. These are just biblical things. You know, we confess. We confess to one another. We confess, you know, God, what, what is this thing in me? And then faith comes by hearing. We know that by hearing the Holy Spirit convict us. This idea of encouraging one another, the church being the church with one another, that we help one another. And then this idea of being doers of the word, right? Not, not just hearers. We, we're doers of the word. This idea that God will give us peace. God knew our great need was for peace. God has provided real peace. God desires you to experience his peace in the present. You know, there was a time just not too long ago, I, I really had to come to grips with what I really believed about God. So about four or five years ago, at First Midnight Night Church, we were going through this discipleship program. And then we, we went to, on a trip to Indonesia. And they told us before we went, always be ready to preach. You know, always be ready to give your testimony. I'll be ready to do that. And so, okay, okay. So we're traveling to this town, and I was told, you know what, you're, you're going to give a testimony. You're going you're gonna to do it in this, in this group. So we're going to this church, and there'll be this courtyard, all these people. We have a stage outdoor, it's outdoor, and all these people are going to come. And they said, I don't know why he told us this. <laughs> they said, you know what, not too long ago in this particular town, there was a man who was a Muslim. He became Christian, and they burned him alive in the city street. I'm like, what? <laughs> I had some lack of peace at that moment, right? <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, I, I'm not, okay, I'm thinking about this, and so I'm one of three that's going to preach or give testimony or whatever, and, and we were out there, and people started gathering. I'm telling you what, about six to 700 people started gathering out this there were police officers there and walking around with, with guns. I'm like, what is this? And I had to really come to grips. Do I believe this? Do I really believe this? You know, I have a family at home, a kids at home. My wife would kill me if I got killed. <laughs> and... You know, I came, I came down to it, and you know what, God, yes, I believe it. So I went up there, and you know what, the peace that surpassed all understanding, you know what, came over me, and I talked about Jesus, and I talked about the resurrected Savior, and I don't know if it made a difference at all, but God showed me he was strong that day in me. And so you think about it, do you believe it? 
Do you believe that Christ has come, that peace is possible for you? It's today. Christians should be the most peace-filled people on the planet because of who Jesus is. It's not to mean the world will somehow shape up and it's going to give me gratification and comfort and all those things that our flesh desires. But what it means is no matter what happens, it's okay. Because in here, Jesus has given me peace, given you peace, the offer, offer to, to experience that peace. And you know what? I pray for First Missionary Church that, that you find that peace, that you seek peace, seek peace and pursue it. I, ho- I hope this is helpful to you as I work through it. It's going to be helpful for me, you know, to remember these steps. I love this verse, and I'll end with this. Isaiah 26.3, I learned this a long time ago. It's very, very dear to my heart, and it's in the King James Version. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, right? That, that's what we do because he trusteth in thee. We need peace. God has given it. It's possible for you. This Christmas season, I hope that you find it. Thank you. And so, Father, uh, as we are about to go, I just pray specifically for those um, here in the sanctuary who may be in a a situation of um, a lack of peace. And in the name of Jesus, we pray that the peace that he was speaking of just a moment ago, the peace that passes all understanding, will be blessed upon all of those here in need of it today. Whatever situation, whatever, whether family or work or relationships, that the peace that only Jesus could bring would be ever present in their lives. As we go, Father God, would you help us to take this peace out into the world that desperately needs it? It's in Jesus' name we believe. Amen.